talking can sh- about I can that. share my screen and then show you. <laughs> show me, show you, showing me. I'm going to bank you small again, and then I'm ready to, to go. It's just cold outside. I swear <laughs> this never happens. Uh, by the way, did you uh, did you get a haircut? I, I can tell you trimmed yes. your beard, but it looks like you got the the whole everything. Uh, oh, we just up. did the. I do I do the floby without the vacuum. A broken toys studio production. Broken, but still good. Welcome to General Geekery. Specifically, I told you I wasn't ready. I'm Ben. <laughs> And none of us are ready or know who we are. <laughs> I'm Ben. You know I'm sticking what, with that. You know, I'm stick with <laughs> let's just step on each other's lines, okay? <laughs> let's, 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 let's get it out of our systems. Uh-huh. On three, just say anything you want uh, uh, and get out of your systems. All right. One, two, blah, blah, three. Blah, 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 blah. You did it on two. Uh, <laughs> a-hole. Um, you did it on two. <laughs> you moved the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies. Please. Welcome, welcome to We Will Only Speak in Movie Quotes. You're going to need a bigger podcast. All right. Uh, <laughs> but before we get to We Only Speak in Movie Quotes, Gen Geek Edition, uh, a few corrections, clarifications. Yes. Um, one, uh, Grand Landfill. Apparently, I was saying 4.8 million, and it is 48. Yes, is for whichever one. Okay. Whichever one I was saying last episode is wrong. It's the other one. Right. Yes. Yeah. So we were talking about. Um, how many spaceship Earths would fit into uh, the spaceships grand- Earth? Space uh, space shy. Um, space opposed uh, Earth. Um. Oh, did you know that octopus is actually octopuses? I was <laughs> I was looking that up today. No, it's not. But so many people say octopi that now it's become like the, as equally the, okay. The plural of octopus is platypus. <laughs> um. So yes. Uh, spaceship Earth. Sorry, I, I get so easily distracted. Um, uh, spaceship earths, uh, you, what was our numbers? You said 35 million. I'm going off the top of my head. You said, 35. Oh, I didn't put that in there. I just put the correction of the numbers that right, we- right. Uh, somebody can go back and check us, but I'm almost 100% certain you said 35 million. I said 55 million. Uh, the answer we thought came back at 4.8 million, but it was actually 48 million, which means we were both much closer than we actually thought we were. It actually split the Hooray! difference. Hooray, we got kind of close <laughs> exactly. for those that have been listening and been like, I'm taking bets on how far away Ben can possibly get from this. And don't worry, you'll find out in a second. Ooh. I can get really far away from the right Keep answer. Bets. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Uh, one other, uh, it's not a correction or a clarification, but I'm sticking it in here anyway. Uh, we have a new, a new sample podcast out from the labs, broken toy studio labs. It's a, uh, we're too lazy to name it, so it's called Untitled Project One. Up Get one. some traction. Up we'll one. deal with that later. Up one. Up one. Uh, so this is basically, it's a walkthrough of several tools that you can use to solve uh, some online um, computer security challenges, hacking challenges, if you want to be colloquial. Um, so if you've ever wanted to try your hand at them, but didn't want to walk through, so that way it didn't spoil your learning, uh, up uponeone.brokentoystudio.com. You know, up one up one at dot broken will get you to that podcast. Uh, it's got a few episodes out. Uh, again, this is a labs thing. 
So this is us trying something, a few episodes to see how it flies. If you like it, you know, get in touch. Tell us so. If you don't like it, tell us what you didn't like. No one listens to it. Well, the labs will produce something else soon. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I I feel partially responsible for this, not in any way contributing to it. Um, I'm I'm <laughs> along for the ride, just oh, like everybody else. Oh, I'm else blaming is. you for this, right? Well, yeah, you should you should blame me for this. Uh, I'm just along for the ride, just like everybody else. We're all going to have a good time, and uh, we're all going to coast on, lose coattails, and learn more about the world of, of hacking and security on that. But I sent Lou a text message one Saturday afternoon <laughs> after having a conversation about phone security and TikTok and all this. Uh, and by default, I'll just let you know. My default is since I'm holding a thing with a microphone connected to the internet, I assume it has heard everything I've ever done. So I treat having having my device like just and where you said it and where I said I just treat it like shouting from the mountaintop. So when people are like, "No, I you know my phone is very secure," I'm like, "No, I assure you, every text message, everything else." Anyway, that's just me. I'm I just don't care. You can have whatever information. That said. I sent Lou a text and I was just like, Hey man. So like, like phone hacking and stuff, like how hard is that? And just that open of a question Lou's like, how much time do you have? And I'm like, I'm assume not enough for you to answer that question. So that's part of what has motivated this. Cause Lou's like, I can give you a four hour seminar to get us started. My, my position is everyone should have access to the information they need to make informed decisions. Um, the tools are not like for basic computer security challenges. You're not using hacking tools. You're not using anything really fancy. You're using the tools that are already installed and everyone should just know more about the computers they use. Then they can make a rational decision on, you know, what concerns them, what doesn't. And that's, everybody should be able to make that decision. So if it's been interesting, if it sounds interesting to you, give it a shot, then come email me back and tell me why it wasn't interesting and how wrong I was. Uh, can I hack the mainframe? You can hack the Gibson. Can I, what if they cut the hardwire? I'm just trying to think of things that happen <laughs> in movies. They cut the hardwire. Um, um, those are all great, but what's even better is the Grand Landfill. Is the Grand Landfill. Absolutely. So, uh, Lou, why don't you remind us exactly what we were filling the, the Grand Canyon with? Uh, that's going to come up because it was a bit unclear the way we said it. <laughs> Let's just we say it how filling, we did. <laughs> right. We were filling up the, the Grand Canyon with Eiffel Towers. Yes. Um, and there was a question of, was it um, Eiffel Tower volume or balls of metal that make the Eiffel Tower? Because volume, you know, it's basically, uh, as this will also come up, it's basically a big pyramid. Not quite. Right. It's catenaries that make a big pyramid. Um, Ball the Eiffel Towers, there's a lot of empty air inside them. Right, right. So and, we're uh, going to do a, a quick reminder that I, I had guessed 50 million and Ben has at 55 million. We were pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> so we were pretty close to a number, just not the number. Right. And the answer to how many Eiffel Towers will fit in the Grand Canyon is, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it was not something that I could readily calculate from Wolfram Alpha alone. However, I learned a lot about the Eiffel Tower, most of it through Wolfram Alpha. And the thing I know is that Ben wins this round. Yeah, we're not really going to call that much of a win, though. Here's the here's the thing is um, communication is key. Um, when I was talking to Lou about the the construct of it, I was a little bit off base. 
And when he sent me the answer, I decided I was like, well, you know what? I should actually inform myself before we sit down. I should actually look at the Trello board and know what we're doing before we do it. <laughs> so I pull it up. And the very first thing I see is a schematic. There's a schematic at the top <laughs> of this thing. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, well, this well, there's par- parabolas and there's that angle is acute. That's all I know. That's a cute little angle. It is cute. It is a cute little angle. And uh, and then I was like, but this is simple to figure out because here was my mistake. I thought when we were saying balls that we weren't taking into account the air inside or what air would be inside were it a ball. I thought we were smelting. <laughs> and I, I thought we were melting down the Eiffel Tower into a ball, which when I brought that up to Lou, he was like, well, there's a calculation in there for that, but that would make it way smaller. And it, it would make it way smaller. Um, so because I just looked at it and I was like, well, I'm going to do the math myself. And I did the math and I came up to an answer and I was like, oh my God. Um, right. That's, that's a lot (laughs) based on melting it down. And he's like, well, yeah, of course not because we're taking the total volume of the thing. So I say that to say this, Lou, you said 50, I said 55. Were we to melt, were we to go by my parameters? What would the answer have been? Well, Unfortunately, Wolfram Alpha couldn't give us any of those answers. It has a lot of information. It knows the total height is 1,063 feet. It knows it officially has three floors. Um, three? Three. That's it? That's it. What's on the mezzanine of the Eiffel Tower? Uh, I assume uh, a second set of lifts to get you up to is probably it, the top two floors. Is it kind of like like when you stay at hotels that there's only like three levels? Is that like where the ice machine is? That's the only place oh, that you yeah. can get ice? So right. I brought the champagne, but I'm staying on the third level of the Eiffel Tower. I got to go down to the second level. Oh, that's and it's a long flight of stairs. But yeah, Wolfram Alpha has a lot of stuff. Um, it even tells us opening date, when it was built, where the closest hotel is. Um, the current temperature, when I queried about it, it pulled information from the Wikipedia well, summary. Wait, I want to be specific on this. The temperature of uh-huh. the air around the Eiffel Tower? Or the temperature of the metal that constructs the Eiffel Tower? You know, it was unclear. Um, but it, it even has, how, how far can I see from it and what is the horizon distance? Well, the and earth is flat, so there is no, I mean, you can just... There you go. Right forever. to the ice wall. Yeah. Well, gravity pulls, the, gravity pulls your vision down. The photons oh, that's, that's are true. affected by gravity. No, that's so. true. I didn't, I forgot that. Yeah. Um, but again, couldn't get a hard answer on the volume of it. But when I was doing some general querying, cause now I'm into it, right? Like now I'm getting an answer. Oh, Alice, you are through the looking glass. Uh, Mr. Reed wordpress.mrreed.org has an interesting fact about the Eiffel tower. And it ended up being several interesting facts. But the one that I keyed on was if you melted down the pure iron that it is made of, it would occupy a volume of only 930 meters cubed. Now, how big is that? It's equivalent to a sphere with a radius of just six meters. Right. So probably smaller than the world's largest geodesic sphere known as Spaceship Earth. Much smaller. Um, If you were to melt it down and just instead of melting them just into perfect spheres, just go ahead and melt down Eiffel Towers and fill the Grand Canyon with melted down Eiffel Towers. Perfect packing. Like like I said, we never try to organize or arrange things. So we're just going to melt Eiffel Towers. It would take... 4,482,000,000 4,482,000,000 roughly ball, uh, pure Eiffel towers melted down 
to go into the Grand Canyon. And that being the main number we achieved in this exercise, that means Ben is the winner with his 55 million guests. So I don't know what's worse is to, to either be blindfully, blissfully ignorant of one's own shortcomings or to know exactly one's own shortcomings. Because like I went back and I was looking at this and I, I saw that same thing. You sent the, the thing in the Trello board. And so I did the math on it and I was like, well, I came out to this many billions. And then I read further because you had already done the math. I was like, oh, well, it seems that he came to the same answer. And then just because then I'm now the last horse to cross the line. I then go, I said 55 million. I said 55 million. And then I had to clarify with you because I was like, this is what we said, right? And then, of course, your answer was like, well, no, not really. But you know what? Let's just go with it. (laughs) Um, There's some other things we can go with. Now, this is, yeah, there's some more interesting stuff on this. Please go ahead. The Eiffel Eiffel Tower is 320 feet, uh, 324 meters tall and sits on a square base uh, with sides of 125 meters. Remember, it does a little catenary shape up to a peak. Catenary. It would therefore fit inside a cylinder with radius of 88, mil, uh, 88 meters. Now, if you take the volume of that, it turns out that the air inside the cylinder that surrounds the, the Eiffel Tower would actually be heavier than the amount of metal than the Eiffel Tower itself. Because it's hollow and because it's you know and, uh, built the way it is, the metal that uh, I'm sorry, the entire Eiffel Tower, anything like glass panes, all the stuff in it, it's actually weighs less than the air that surrounds it in a cylinder that encompasses it. The air is heavier. I mean, think about that. That's how little metal there is in the Eiffel Tower, relatively speaking, how little material. Yes, Lou, I know how little metal there is in the Eiffel Tower. I'm now <laughs> painfully aware. Uh, no, that isn't interesting. <laughs> that, that, like, I found that very, very interesting. Oh, no, no. I'm glad you picked up that I was... <laughs> Um, oh, look, a diversion. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll stop paying attention. How dumb one of the people in this is. Are now I did, they? I did try to pick a random, some random numbers off the internet, but I found a hard, it was hard to find a good solid number on the volume of the Eiffel tower. And there were some laughably wrong ones, uh, and some ones that was better. Um, and in the end, um, the ones that were, I assumed were better. If we were to think of it as terms of total volume, of built Eiffel Tower, um, we were both over. Um, the numbers vary, but they were all in like one to ten million instead of the tens of millions. So Ben doesn't lose, so that's good. Um, <laughs> oh look, a bone. And it it in, in the research, I'll end with this. Um, there was a 2005 article about some research someone had published where they were first getting to, um accurate mathematical models of the shape of the Eiffel tower, because apparently there's discontinuities and it's not, um, catenary shaped enough for the likes of mathematicians. So as it turns out, getting the volume of the Eiffel tower accurately is actually very tough. The best estimates I got actually treated it like a pyramid, which is a lot easier to calculate. Right. Um, but basically what we come to is out of three different measures, um, Ben wins two of them and doesn't lose one. So how does it feel? <laughs> like most of life, at least I'm not a loser. Uh, no, that's, uh, that sounds, that sounds really bad. I am a loser in this. Um, but you know what? I hope everybody else are, are winners. Cause so I hope, I hope everyone else, your guesses were closer than ours. Uh, I hope you enjoyed playing along now that said, um, all right. So Lou, do you want to go big or do you want to go small? Hmm. 
we've been going big lately. So I don't know. Maybe we should go small. What do you like? How big is big? Big is relative. Uh, big is relative. Um, because like you thinking very big, well, like bigger I, than Titanic's. Well, I was, you know, we were talking about the Eiffel Tower, and we said the Eiffel Tower is big, and then I somehow made it into something very diminutive. Um, so this time I want to go on the other side of it because we've been saying how many individual things in multiples fit into the Grand Canyon, right? What if we went real big? What if we went out of this world big? Blue, I'm in. Lou, what if we were lunatics and we went lunar? I want to know how many moons. That's no well, I moon. have good news for you. I mean, we moons. are lunatics. <laughs> I just don't want to be wrong. Like, at least now I can't be wrong by more than one. Like, right. <laughs> You're within one. <laughs> I'm just trying to reduce how wrong I can be. <laughs> Lou, I want to know how many moons fit into the Grand Canyon. <laughs> oh man, that's great. That's so good. Somewhere right now, somebody's like, he's still going to guess 55 million. <laughs> 55 million moons. <laughs> All right. So that's it. We're going to decide. Do you uh, want to well, do our guesses Wolf, now? Wolf or? from Alpha is going to decide how many moons fit in. Uh, again, uh, well, actually, I guess I'll be taking honors this time because somehow I stumbled into to a, a not loss. A victory. So, yeah. <laughs> um. How many moons will fit? Well, the, the moon is large. The moon is large. Citation needed. <laughs> um, I am going to say 0.14 moons. Okay. Point. I like that you're smiling because that means I'm off somehow by <laughs> order of magnitude. I, I have 0. No, 0.14, I, just to be clear. Right. Um, no, that's, that's, uh, I, I honestly don't know what to come up with for this because <laughs> I have never thought on a scale like that. I'm not even really sure how big the moon is well, compared to the it. earth. So I'm just going to get, you know what? Screw it. I'm going with one, one millionth of a moon. One, one millionth of a moon. <laughs> oh, this is so ridiculous. Okay. So one, one millionth of a moon or point one. <laughs> that's it and remember folks moon. Uh, remember folks a pyrrhic victory is still a victory hey listen if you guys are, are going to be mad about this you have to at least throw your hat into the ring uh so hit us up that's at right. gengeek one at gmail.com uh hit us up on the twitters and on uh facebook and anywhere else at gengeek pod um but yeah Gen Instant Geek, grammaticals, the one. whatever yeah. hit us up on teddy yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly okay we got to move on from yep. from this that we is do. I'm so scared. <laughs> um, so I've had this one sitting in my back pocket for a while. What you got? Have you seen AR copy paste? Uh, I have not. Tell me, tell me about AR copy paste. Okay. So you need to click through this uh, link okay. uh, in the run sheet and check this out. Okay. Um, Clicking. And I want to hear your impression of this. Cause I don't want to like rob you of the experience. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. So what I'm seeing is in real time, I'll go ahead and kind of live tweet this uh, to, to you guys with my voice. So I'll just talk about it is someone is taking a picture of something on a book on their phone and then they are copying and pasting it to a computer. This is okay. So now they are taking a picture from a book. That's like a couple of people standing there. Looks like some friends having a good time. It has 
cut out the the friends without the background on it and they've now pasted it onto a computer with a like a picture on wow so they are they are copying pasting from one thing directly onto the there's a flow chart and all this this is is this real it's real and the code is freely available um i don't know all of the the details but basically it was someone who wanted to be able to make presentations easier well yeah so, that would that would make it easier uh instead of taking a picture and then just you know dropboxing it to yourself it's using whatever back-end service again i haven't reviewed the code i'm not really sure exactly what's going on but uses whatever back-end service the phone pulls the information off this in this case it was like a 3d graph mm-hmm. um cuts out the background recognizes that you're looking at a 3d graph that the 3d graph is the thing you're interested on the page and then sends that when you point the phone at this at the computer screen it then sends it over to the computer where you pointed the phone that's that's incredible the first thing that comes to my mind is it makes me think of iron man 2 i know people give that one a lot of uh-huh. heat but i really do like justin hammer um is uh is is when he basically holds his phone up and he's like all right well your screens belong to me like that is yeah. that is kind of that same uh that same aspect the other thing that jumps out at me is i remember especially like when i used to do a lot of graphic design work is mm-hmm. when i would s- need to send graphic design work if i was doing it in like a large format to like go on a billboard or something like that is i would like getting those files sent around could be problematic Oh yeah, you probably would, have, they're still using FTP for that. You that's probably exactly have what to, I was going to say is that like whenever I would try to send something in a large format, they're like, "Well, we need it in large format." I was oh, like, "Cool," geez. but I could just send this in a vector, and they're like, "We don't know what that is." And I'm like, "Oh my god, you're the advertising people!" But so they would be like, "Here's a link to our FTP server to send us this information." <laughs> and that said, this AR copy paste like phones take really good pictures. Like that's really high yeah. res. That's not a, uh, it, it's not a crappy little, you know, flip phone picture. That's a very high res, uh, image that you're just sending over to the computer. It's pretty wild, isn't it? I thought you'd like that. Now, I don't know how big a deal it is to run all this. Uh, it's probably like way more work than it's worth, but that's just, I, I just thought it was really cool. And I thought you in particular would really enjoy that. Well, this I augmented did- reality copy paste where you copy from things in the world and just drop it into your computer. Like your computer is an actual thing. That's and and, and I do find, thank you. Well, your computer find, is a thing, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, because Ben's running off some like Chromebook or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's funny you say that because that is actually, I mean, I really like Max. Let me, let me not say that wrong mm-hmm. is, is I like Max, but a lot of times I've run into trouble where I'm having to run like a, a virtual machine to, to run windows for other applications that I need to do and things like that. Sure. But, one of the big things that keeps me with Mac is the fact that I, I, I'm in the Apple ecosphere. So I've got the iPhone, I've got the the Mac, and sometimes file sharing it can be a big deal. It can yeah. be d- difficult to get it from one place to another. So I can just airdrop it to myself. Well, and yep, and, and, I would say airdrop is airdrop is kind of like the prototype of AR copy paste, right? I mean, and it's really handy when right. you. Right. But if this is something that now is this proprietary to windows or what, what does this have to run? Because I say, I ask that because if it is proprietary to say like a windows machine or like a Chromebook, uh, then I would be like, you know what, that might be enough to get me to jump over and be like, I'll get a pixel. I'll get a Chromebook. If this is that kind of functionality, I'll consider it. I'm pretty sure that was a Mac in the uh, video. And oh, I should uh, closer. let's see here. Mobile app, local server, object detection service. Um, 
Well, you said the code was just out was just out there, so I imagine yeah. you could just use it. So, all right. Well, I'm staying with my. That's Mac. the idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. All right. Um, that's enough of that. Okay. So, um, that's amazing technology. You know what else is amazing technology? Uh, I don't know. Uh, clean running water in households. Uh, that would be wonderful if that was everywhere. But let's uh, let's stay on more frivolous Americanized things. Oh, okay. Um. KFC releases chicken scented KFC Crocs. What? <laughs> Coming soon. This was uh, July 23rd, 2020. Uh, they, KFC has made um, chicken scent. There's a commercial that is absolutely fantastic, but it is fried chicken scented Crocs. The top look like fried chicken. Um, yes. <laughs> and the bottom look like the bucket of chicken. So like the red oh, okay. and white stripes. This is perfect. Um, they come in two different fashion uh, styles. You can get the flats. So like for me and you, I mean, we're already six feet tall. So like the flats. Right. Are we don't fine. need We don't need help. Yeah. But, you know, our wives are a little bit shorter. You know, Katie's five, five foot tall. So she might want the stacked heels, which give you a good like platform uh, five inches. As stacked you walk, heel crocs? <laughs> as you smell. Exactly. As you smell like fried chicken. Um, I know it, I've never wanted Crocs before in my life, but I want these. I know it has to be a joke, but that's exactly it is that there's a bunch of people that are like, yeah, I know it's a joke, but there's no way I'm not buying those. Right. I have a few questions off the top of my head. First off, do they continue to smell like that? Or is it like a scratch and sniff? Like, how are we, we'll see. How do we keep that? that how do we keep that fresh chicken smell on our feet? He says, that's a great question. Because, that <laughs> yeah, that's a great question because my thought was, Let's I, I kind of came with the assumption that the fried chicken smell would last a long time. And so my first question was, what does fried chicken, artificial fried chicken and feet smell like? Because it's going to start smelling like your feet. Right. Which, I mean, listen, I'll be the first to admit it's not a good situation, man. My, my feet get some get some funk going. So now you got chicken and funk and I just I. You, yeah. Which which is a great album, but uh, not something you necessarily no, chicken want and funk will be an amazing album name. <laughs> Um, featuring flea. Um, sorry, no fleas. Sorry. It was actually fleas. Um, so that got me thinking. So I'm going to, I pose this question to you and I've got a few suggestions of my own. So Lou, um, what other things would you like to, uh, to, to smell? What other smells do you think that you'd like to have infused into clothing? Oh, um, curry t-shirts. Ooh, I like that. Curry tea. I, uh, it would help. It would help with, uh, like a really good, strong curry smell would kind of help with social distancing right now. <laughs> I, I do. I didn't think about it going that direction because you think KFC Crocs. And of course, everybody's going to want to huddle around you and smell that delicious. Uh, what was it? They had like 21 spices or something like that. Is that. Well, it's okay. If they're all, if they're all down, like at my feet and worshiping me, <laughs> it looks like, it looks like I'm a God and that actually builds my cred. It's okay. He was smited that day. It really did a lot for my faith. Um, so anyway, uh, I did have a few that I was thinking of. I'm going to float, yeah, yeah. These, um, float these to you and, and, and let you, uh, why don't you tell me what you think? Um, I love the smell of a coffee shop. What, a, what about a nice little mm. coffee shop cap? Yeah, you know, that'll some, work. Okay. Um, maybe you're not always out. Maybe, you know, we're all, you know, we're all kind of staying home now, uh, but you still want that, that sweets smell. So I'm thinking like a sweet shop sweats, like some nice oh, sweatpants. Yeah, like if my thighs smelled like peppermint. Now, here's the one. I think this is really going to take it for me and you. Now, this might not be for everybody, but you know how like in movies, people will take like like booze and they'll put a little bit on their finger and like dab it around like behind their ear, that sort of thing. Of course. Bourbon bow tie. What do you think? (sighs) 
see i'm more of like a a long necktie kind of guy i don't know if i can pull off the bow tie <laughs> okay but, all right but so you know what i would try it if it smelled like bourbon i would go for it so it's more of a style thing than than a, a smell thing but yeah a little bit of four roses i, I think we could i think we could get that i think so a, a bullet tie yeah you know what there are other better ideas for products out there that's why some oh, people no. kickstart them Lou. Ugh. Do you have anything that someone's trying to crowdfund right now? My body is ready. <laughs> what, what, you, what you got, Lou? All right. Oh, this wait, sorry. week. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'll bring you in. I'll bring you in. <clears throat> this week on Peak Kickstarter. Lumonitor, the self-powered 4K touchscreen portable monitor. Have you ever wondered, how can I get 4K resolution at four arms length? Worry no more, my friend, with Lumonitor. 15.6 inches of 4K resolution gives you a THX ideal viewing distance of 1.5 feet. Compare that to an insufficient 1080p monitor of the same size, which THX would recommend, well, 1.5 feet as well. But it's not just a monitor. It also has pinpoint touch. Another term for you can touch it and it'll know roughly where. Really important when you cram 8.3 million pixels in there. And at one and a half inches away from you, it's easy to actuate with your nose. To support touch, you need all the ports you can bring to bear. Fret not. My connected friend for the Lumonitor has two USB-C ports and a mini HDMI port. Of course, they call it an HDMI port because it's simpler to say, even though mini HDMI and HDMI are different ports. It makes you wonder what else was simpler instead of truthful. It has four hours of battery life and built-in speakers for those on-the-go Fury Road office imperators out there. You can use the battery to charge your other devices just in case you have some long-standing beef with Anchor and don't actually want to use the monitor. If you're sitting at a desk like all the stock images show, you can plug it in as well. Innovative. At $325, a Kickstarter deal from the $450 retail, it can be yours at some point in the future. Or you could go buy a 50-inch 4K Samsung TV for $350 today and not sit within tongue's reach of it. At a THX ideal viewing distance, you wouldn't be able to touch it anyway. If that's too pricey, you can buy the 1080p version of this Lumonitor for $225 and sit the same distance away from it. That's right. For all the big whoop they made about 4K, they will sell you the 1080p version instead. Lumonitor. For when you really need 4K, but you actually don't. 1080p is probably fine, right? It's fine. Right. This week on Peak Kickstarter. So I had to look at it while you were talking about it. First off, I do, uh, I do agree with you. Like the entire pitch is it's 4k. It's not any of that crap. 1080 it's 4k. Right. It's not 1080. 1080 sucks. Also available in 1080. It's right. <laughs> like what, and the, the idea, the idea is actually kind of interesting, but the pitch was just like, what, where is it? Where is this coming well, from? But you're right. Is like, I looked at the pic, like uh, I looked at the, the pictures of everything and, or their, their pitch. And it does look good. Like my first thought is, well, my phone is, my phone is 4k. It's a, it's a retina screen. And then I was like, well, but it's not 15 inches. And then I'm like, a lot of people have like iPads and, and tablets and stuff. And yeah, I mean, some of those are 4k and it's like, okay, well, but you can also plug other stuff into it. But right. at the price point, literally you could, how, how mobile do you need this screen to be? Because right. it shows everybody at their own desk. So for the same price point, <laughs> like you're saying, like I'm at my desk. I could have this one little thing next to me, or I could just hang a big ass TV up there. 
throw and for less money throw a Roku on it so I can cast whatever I want to up there. It's right. just like ah. So Lou, so this this begs the question. Um, did it make? What did it need? And uh-huh. let's guess how much it made. All right, it had a very modest goal of nine thousand six hundred seventy-seven. That's all you need to dollars. produce a 4K screen that has all that technology in it? Appar- apparently, that's what they needed for the run. Um, that's all they needed to meet their goal. Do they so, already own like a bunch of circuit cities that went out of business? Like, how do they just have computer? <laughs> <laughs> they just have, do they own the last Radio Shack? How do they have stuff sitting around? Uh, man, all, I don't know. How much would you, now, I have today's numbers. Okay. Uh, and I have the numbers that I got basically like a day after it went live um they needed nine thousand dollars right again usually when we do these it's like okay well let's go above we're not gonna punch down we're not gonna punch down yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) 45 dollars um uh need nine thousand obviously they they i mean the design looks good it i'm sure there's a market out there for it it's not us or people that think all the way through this but sure um 25k okay um, with 33 days left when I checked it, okay, 1,161 backers oh, had oh. pledged $382,524. Jeez, today, seriously? today with 26 days left, we're over 1,500 backers. Wait, is it with, less money because people have backed out because they, they, they were like, no, I can just buy a TV. Oh, I wish my friend <laughs> 26 days left and they're at $514,221 of a $9,677 goal. A million dollars on a $9,000 goal. That has got to be in the history of us doing peaks Kickstarter. That has got to be the most percentage over need that, yeah. that anybody, I mean, people have gotten big numbers, yeah. but they've been like, I want $10 million. And people were like, here's $20 million. But to be like, Please, sir, nine thousand dollars, and be like, "Here's half a million dollars. Go have fun." Yeah, and still twenty six days left, so you have uh, you have time. Even with how long it will take me to cut this episode and actually get it out, it will probably still be up. Ooh, let's uh, let's give ourselves more work, um, or give you more work since you run into that. Is um, I want to see when it ends. I want us to guess how much that that's going to get, and see what it ends with. Because you said you checked what thirty days. Like first when it launched, you said 300. That's correct. Right. And it's at, at over 500 now. Over hundred. Yep. Um, and there's 28 days left. Um, I'm going to say again, I'm, I'm terrible at guessing. I don't want to keep playing these games. I'm going to guess it goes over a mil with 28 days left. I'm oh. going to guess it goes over a mil. I first wanted to say 750, but I, but I'm going to go, go, go big and say it cracks that seven figures. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the pessimist here. I'm gonna say a cap of eight fifty. I don't think it's gonna break eight fifty. I think, think it'll break pl- eight hundred. You think it's kind of plateaued out? That's what I'm gonna to. say. Sure. Perfect. Cool. We'll, we'll see how badly I'm wrong. Let's circle back around and continue to find out how bad we are at numbers. And this is Gen Geek, where we do numbers badly. Yes. All right. Um, so here's here's what I just kind of wanted to touch on it's been sitting around on the desk for a while and i keep kicking it off um i keep kicking it off the run cheeks i say this isn't all that interesting this isn't all that interesting but i I think it is and it's it's old information now but the situation has if anything only gotten worse right so i would encourage people to like look into this because um 
you have all these cruise ships, right? Right. And most of them, some have started sailing again, but most of them are not sailing. And I think in the U.S., the CDC has a no sail through September right now, which well, could change at any time. Well, it's hard to get people to be in such a confined space knowing that. Mm, not some people. Well, but, <laughs> uh, but, but yes, yeah. right. And um, ports are ports are a great place to you know, do maintenance to bring things on and off the ship. Um, you can use shore power. You can load people who are your revenue onto it, but they're, they're not a great place to leave a ship. Right. Well, you, the, well, the logistics of it is you can't, there's right. not, there's not enough port space for all the boats, which some I never really thought of, but, uh, but most of them not, are at sea most of the time. Right. So, so Lou, why don't you kind of give a, a 30,000 foot overview of exactly what we're talking about here? So, um, it's also really expensive to shut down a ship. So if you had like some dry dock place where you could store all these ships, if you shut it down and then have to bring it back up, I mean, these are floating hotels, right? Think about what happens if you just leave your room on air conditioned in the middle of a Georgia summer for a week or two, uh, in the humidity. It's no fun. So the work to spin a ship back up is is a lot. So what they've been doing is they need to keep the ships running. Uh, they can't afford to full cruise. They can't staff them like they're running people around. Plus, they don't have meals to cook for them. So they've been taking these different levels of shutdown where they'll float out, um, sail kind of out on the water with the smallest crew they can manage for whatever level they're at. and um, keep doing the maintenance on the ship to keep it, you know, ready to come back and do maybe uh, a deep clean. Um, but they float, they float in these like armadas of cruise ships, even from different companies that just kind of float out in different parts of the ocean. And it's, it's just pretty impressive seeing some of these pictures. Like you'd think, yeah, there's probably, you know, a few hundred cruise ships or something like that. But you look at some of these satellite images of these floating like artificial reefs of cruise ships. Yeah. And that's what I was just looking at is uh, what I was looking at to kind of go a little bit deeper is um, these uh, warm docks and cold docks as we're talking about. So, yes. so, so, oh, yeah. so tell so, us more about that. So a, a warm dock would be kind of what you're talking about is like, okay, we're taking a ship out of service for a little bit. So we're just going to run a skeleton crew. We're going to have the, the boat out somewhere, but it's still running. It's kind of the idea that um, uh, I heard somewhere uh, un, unsubstantiated, but I heard somewhere that like a house unlived in for like every year it's unlived in. It's like 20 years of wear on the house um, because, you know, think about something as simple as like the seal around a toilet. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you don't flush the toilet regularly and things like that, uh, the stagnant water builds up, but also like all the caulking goes bad and dries well, out. You it, get in the, like in like the toilet or sinks uh anytime you have a connection to a sewer system or you know septic you have traps they have that little s curve or mm -hmm. p curve that goes in the thing uh what will happen is that water will that water will evaporate and the reason you have the trap is so that water sits in the trap um when you flush the toilet you fill the water up you push it and then suction pulls the water out the tank refills the bowl if that water evaporates um and goes below that level of the trap now the air from the sewer is yep. directly connected to the air from the house. Yep. Exactly. And it smells like, well, exactly. So, so in, in these warm docks, you just kind of go, okay, cool. We're going to keep everything running so that we can spin it back up with, when need be. So we've got a skeleton crew. 
we flush all the toilets. Like we just keep everything right. kind of running and we just kind of thousands into- of hotel rooms and <laughs> fourth, like thousands in some of these ships. Right. So we're just going to keep them running. But here's what jumped out of me is if you put it into warm dock. So this is, again, this is as quick as you can sk- spin this stuff back up. They say that it can take seven to 14 days. It can take a week to two weeks in warm dock to spin everything right. back up and get it ready to go. That's the best case scenario. If you go ahead and cold dock these, these gigantic floating casinos, basically, um, it can take months to go in and fix any problems that have come up to get everything working again, to make sure everything runs again. It's kind of like a car that sits out under the shed for 20 years Right, is when you go back out there, it's not just going to start up and run again. Like it did. You know, your 74 Nova is not just going to pick up and go. Right. So, so and this- even if you get it running, like even if you get it running, so the, the warm dock is you gotta, you gotta get this car running again. The cold dock is you gotta get this car running again. And once it's running again, you're probably not picking up your date in this car until you do a deep clean as well. Right. And this is, uh, and we don't get political on this, but this is one of those things where all these boats, when we first saw this, you know, we were a few months into this and people were still saying, give it a couple of weeks. We'll be okay. Just a couple more weeks and we'll be okay. So you've, now you've got this game uh, where people that run all these ships are having to go, well, it costs X amount of money to run it in warm dock, right. which means once things open back up, we can roll it back out in a couple of weeks or we just shut this down and then go, well, it's going to cost us less just to shut it down, but it's going to take us a month or two to get it back up running, which is also going to incur a lot of extra cost to get this thing back out on the water. So right. now you just have this big guessing game and they are losing so much money. So it's, much money. It's amazing. And, and before we kind of roll on to the next topic, I just kind of want to come back to something you pointed out. There is someone whose job is to walk through hundreds, thou, you know, over a thousand in some ships, hotel rooms and flush every toilet and run every shower and any plumbing fixture. It's their job weekly or every few days to run water through it. Like, think about that. That is a job. <laughs> it's and you a can job. have it. And the juxtaposition of being on a cruise ship that people pay a bunch of money to get on and like have parties and, and have all you can eat buffets and all that. And you're walking around this yeah. kind of dead structure, just flushing toilets. Um, I think it's, um, I think it's better than the job of, uh, whoever it is who, uh, I just want to touch on this one quickly. Uh, there's a pub in England who, decided that the way they were going to handle social distancing and you know, the rules are changing. It's not just the U S it's all over the world. The rules change depending on the circumstances. Right. A few weeks ago, the pubs were reopened in England, which is a huge part of the culture there. Right. Um, But they had to abide by certain guidelines. And one of the business owners decided that the way he was going to do that was maintain an electric fence around the bar. And there's a picture of this. This is, this is, this is great. This sounds like the kind of idea that came up from somebody that was actually drunk in a bar. Like they're probably the, the proprietors are probably sitting there talking to each other and they're like, well, we're going to open back up, but we got to keep them like off the bar. We got to keep them separated. And the other guys probably, you know, four or five pints in while they're having their business meeting. He's like, well, you can't actually keep them off the bar. What are you going to do? Put up an electric fence. And it's like, you know what? Yes. (laughs) I believe we are. Um, the, the, the original idea was to put some rope or chain. <laughs> I thought this is not going to keep the customers back. So he opted for the fence to see what it does, which now, I think is pretty, I think, I think is also accurate for the English pub scene, but very, uh, 
Now I think good it, observation. I think I read on there that they said that it was not the is not electrified all the time. Yeah, mo- apparently most of the time it's off, but most of the time. Do you really want to play that Russian roulette? Do you, nope. do you really want to guess that? <laughs> nope. Uh, I'll take my uh, I'll back up a bit <laughs> and a- take my pyrosmetics. Can I can I reach it over? I can just do this reach. <laughs> Maybe he has like a big claw, like the kids that like grab stuff yeah. with, and just like a big toy claw to hand you your beer. A little T Rex on the end, you squeeze it, and it's like ah. <laughs> oh, oh God, I love it. Oh man, um, but uh, you know, I mean that that's kind of odd. But Ben, <laughs> yes, sir. Where is What's going on in the, uh, the Cornwall pub of America, Florida? Oh man. You mean it's time for Florida, man? It's time for Florida, man. Florida, man. Florida, man who carried alligator into liquor store. Doesn't remember the incident last week. Robbie S was caught on video running with an alligator and chasing patrons around a liquor store in Jacksonville, Florida. He later told reporters that he had no recollection of the incident, nor where the alligator came from, and was placed under arrest. I assume he was placed under arrest. It doesn't say. I assume the alligator was released. (laughs) And that is (laughs) Today in Florida Man. (laughs) Holy, uh, Jacksonville, go Jaguars, I guess. I go Jags. How many, uh, <laughs> Bortles, um, Bortles. Bortles, how many pints over an electric fence do you have to have to, to go to a liquor store with alligator in tow and be like, sir, you can't bring that in here. What? Oh, I don't even know where I got this. <laughs> this guy alligator he's not, around the corner. He's like, not with me. <laughs> he just had a nice smile. <laughs> He's not with you. That alligator seems to have known you for 10 years. <laughs> He's literally holding your car keys. How does he, how does he have that? <laughs> That's the best part was he doesn't remember the incident. That's just, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. How do you not just, Hey, you know what you did last night, right? I mean, we had a couple of drinks. Yeah. You remember the alligator alligator? <laughs> I, I can honestly say I do not remember an alligator. Guys so how many, yeah. How many is a couple of drinks? <laughs> How well, do you define a couple? I saw it. Well, it's along the lines. I saw a, a, a meme about that. It's like, oh, I'm just going to go have a drink. That's three pints. Um, right. I'm just going to go out and have a couple of drinks. That's six pints. Uh, I'm just going to go out and have a few drinks. That's 30 pints. Like, <laughs> right. Uh, clearly he had a few drinks, a few drinks. <laughs> um, you know, I, but, uh, Inquiring minds want to know. Yes. What was he going to buy at the liquor store? Um, ooh. Was, he, was he getting some beer? Was he getting Good like. Question. No, 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 no. I think this is strictly a Jägermeister or Rumplemint situation. Ooh, this feels yeah. very Rumplementy. See, I was going to, I was going to go with like a handful of those, uh, airplane bottles. Oh, you think he registers? <laughs> but, but no, I like, I like the Jäger Rumplemints better. I think that's a. You, you, think, is, you think he's trying to be frugal and save money? He's like, well, you know, I can get the big bottle, but the little bottles are less expensive. He doesn't do the math to, to right. be like, oh, well, by volume, it's not. You know what? I'll just take a bunch of the little ones. Well, that's that's like that's like that's like party time. Right. But this is someone who's who thinks a Jaeger, a Jaegermeister bottle is a drink. Right. 
Right. This is someone who's so drunk that I'm going to have a drink. It's going to be a fifth of Jägermeister, but it's a drink because it's love, one bottle. I love your idea of it being airplane bottles because he's reduced himself to the mathematics of a child. So he, right. just, so he just grabs a whole handful of them and puts them up there and he goes, I want this many. Yeah, it's a buck fifty. It's a buck fifty for this fireball. <laughs> Sir, how many of those would you like? This many. All of them. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> and this is Ben. We only speak in movie quotes. Exactly. Oh man. That is great. I love it. Um, so moving on. I believe oh, I believe you have something that, sp- that speaks to my heart. Um it listens closely to your heart. Okay. Let's put it that way. Go ahead. Um, this is something that, uh, this is something that this isn't specifically talking about Amazon. Um, but Amazon has been involved in this. Um, this is definitely something that the, the military has been involved in. And I know what did the Amazon and the military have in common? Um, People can now be identified at a distance by their heartbeat. At a distance. Hey, at so, distance. so remember when I said that I'm pretty sure my phone listens to everything that I'm, that I'm saying? It does. It, well, it does. Um, I don't know if this, is, if this is scientifically fascinating or terrifying. I well, mean, the, the idea, yeah, it's like, how far is a distance? And can they um, shoot me from there? Is this like, is, is this like real genius where they can shoot a laser from, uh, from a satellite and pop my popcorn? Uh, not quite. Um, but this is part of a continuing effort of uh, lots of different organizations and companies. Uh, Amazon has been actually filing several patents, uh, not specifically about heartbeats, but about listening to breathing patterns through Alexas within a room. And their idea is they can do differential diagnosis uh, if you have an illness based on uh, your breathing. Uh, and potentially, I don't know if an Alexa, it's not clear from what I've read on this, uh, if an Alexa can hear the heartbeat, I don't think it can. It's not sensitive enough. Um, but this is, this is the future of telemedicine is all your listening devices, your Alexas, Google homes, whatever your phones, um, your iPhones, Apple, Apple is now going to tell you, Hey, it sounds like you're coming down with a cold before you cough. Well, you already have that. I mean, the, the, the Apple watches have built-in heart rate monitors on them. Mm-hmm. So yep. that that's because I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, yeah, you're right. This is, this is Jetsons. This is Jetsons. Yeah. Is, is telemedicine has come a long way. Cause you can already get scripts and like, uh, basic diagnoses and things like that through, uh, uh, through telemedicine. And then as you were talking about that, I'm like, well, what are the only limitations? It's like, well, it can't really, um, take your heart rate, but heart right. rate, but these little heart rate monitors that are on watches do that. They work by the vasodilation and the the blood pressure of that, which means we're not that far away from if we don't already have a rudimentary version of getting your blood pressure through that. So now we've checked that box off. And then, right. uh, like you're saying, breathing, you've checked that off. So uh, outside of just you know adding some infrared scanners and a few things like that, you might be able to have a full diagnosis of basically from your, from your echo. Uh, or... Or, if you'll permit me, go ahead. From your smartphone, which now becomes a medical tricorder. <gasps> we have tricorders. We have tricorders. This is it. We have tricorders. Um, but that leads, that uh, leads me to a whole nother uh, subject that I want to talk about on Gen Geek, and I'm just going to uh, tease it right now uh, yeah. because we're not going to have time for it today. But, not I, want, today. but I want to talk about 
with all the new Star Trek shows, whether or not mm. Star Trek is making a run at Star Wars for its place in pop culture. Um, I there's mean, a Picard season two coming out. Picard season two. They've got an animated show. They've got. Uh, I, I'm going to watch the animated oh show. Hopefully tonight. They've got so much stuff going. Anyway, uh, you're right. We have tricorders. We are to yep. that place where there may not be any more need for going and sitting in a waiting room with other sick people, you know, exposing yourself to whatever sicknesses they may have. We may be that close to just a self-diagnosis and being able to have your meds shipped to you. Right. I mean, it's not, um, it's, it's not, it's not like a, you know, a universal panacea here where we're, it's certain things that I can get, but we're still like, if you need blood tests, you need blood work. We're not there yet. If you need like an MRI or some kind of internal scanning, um, you know, not there yet, but why not? Like it'll get there. Um, but think to point most of the common issues you have could be diagnosed by, by cell phone and not by like a Skype call with your doctor, literally by your cell phone. Um, it does raise some interesting questions about who should be processing that data. And like, do we live in the world where Amazon's like, Hey, here's your Tums, um, your phone, your phone detected nasty KFC foot odor. Would you like some Dr. Scholl's inserts for your Crocs? Um, I can see that you're having, you're eating KFC whilst wearing the KFC shoes. And I just want you to know a widow maker is imminent and it will happen in the next hour. So yeah, you might want to take that nitroglycerin pill. And I think it's really interesting that they're being, they're able to do this, you know, again, at distance, um, because this has been, this has been something that's been chased around for a while. Uh, we talked, uh, last, like early last season, uh, about, um, the Sonic cat. Oh yeah. 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 The, the CIA tried to bug the Kremlin. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, remote listening, laser microphones have been around for a while and they'll shoot, you know, just a, a laser out, um, hit a, hit a window pane and get a reflection and they'll measure that time of flight because when you speak in a room, the window will move a little bit with the pressure of the airwaves and those small micro measurements, a laser can be used as a microphone. Um, what else, what else can we do? What, what sounds do we not hear, but the phone can hear because it's outside of human hearing, but the microphone is sensitive enough to pick it up. And that's what Amazon's really looking at with a lot of their research is how can we use these sensors that we've already deployed everywhere in new and unique ways? Um, so, so yeah, think about it. Like, um, if you could build a complete, you know, you could build a complete medical record out of not just what's on your phone, but the echo that's, you know, sitting in your living room now has access to anything it can hear in the living room again at distance. Um, you have your tricorder supplemented by other sensors. You have a whole med bay in your house. Now this is a star Trek med bay. Uh, do I lay do- down on your couch to watch TV, put your phone on your stomach. Cause you know, you're going to flip it up and like, you know, to double screen it. Um, your, your Amazon, uh, echoes in the corner. It's a med bay. You're laying on a med bay bed. Uh, does Dr. Crusher come along? Uh, I don't think so, but although I was already always more into Marina Sartis, uh, anyway, um, Fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, big time crush on that. Well, and for those that might be thinking like, they're like, well, yeah, but yes, it is that close, but maybe it's not that close because how sensitive could these things actually be? Like you're talking about with the laser, I'll give empirical evidence of this is just with this rudimentary, um, 
obviously civilian podcast setup that we have here in the PodPad is I've had these headphones on using one of my more sensitive mics, uh, this one actually, and there were, uh, my wife and somebody else was having a conversation in the backyard and I just happened to accidentally hit the, the sensitivity on the, the headphones. I turned it all the way up and there's no other sounds going on and I could clear as day hear exactly what they were saying. They were at least 45 feet away through several, this, the door to the office was closed. It's on the second floor of the house. They were in the backyard, which means there was another door closed and they were outside of that clear as day. I could hear them. And that's with just stuff in the pod pad. So the, the stuff that is actually available and how close we might be, might be closer than most people think. Yeah. Um, we're definitely further along and humans, uh, human, humans are, humans are soft, spongy, um, shitty sensors, honestly. Um, the amount we can't hear, the amount we can't see right outside of our visible spectrum, there's a lot of data already flying around, given away for free. So uh, it's going to be interesting, uh, depending on how you look at it, perhaps a bit scary, um, but it's, gonna, it's, it's a weird world that's coming up, that's for sure. Well, and our, it, like, you're exactly right. We are terrible receptacles for these things. It's like when you talk about somebody's like, oh, I saw something. I'm like, did you see something? No, you actually saw the upside down version of that same thing. And you didn't see any of the colors that you saw. You saw all the colors, but that color and your brain goes, that's the color you saw because we're weird. Our brains are weird. Our brains, our brains are terrible. Um, <laughs> and especially, uh, especially mine, the alternative, when, when, I guess, and especially mine when guessing, you know, spaces of things. Well, uh, that's a great point. So Ben, I think, uh, it looks like it's that time, uh, that time where my battery is getting to a critical point. So exactly. how's yours doing? Uh, mine's about to die. So yeah, this, this is, is been, how we keep ourselves on topic. <laughs> this has been general geekery specifically. It's been a podcast. I'm Ben. I'm Lou. And thanks for joining us. Send in your guesses for uh, grand landfill. How many moons will fit in the grand Canyon? And if your pub has an electric fence, stay away. You don't know if it's on. Stay away. And remember, no matter what you do, don't piss on the electric fence. Don't whiz on the electric fence. This has been a Broken Toys Studio production. Yeah, still good. All right, guys. See you guys later. And we're clear.